Two Men in a Bible with Dr. Jonathan Bueller and Doyle Patrick. Doyle, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. How about you? I'm blessed. Blessed and undeserving, but God to the glory. All right. Last time we left off, we had mentioned Job briefly, and I think that that's where we need to go to today. But before we get started, would you remind us of the five stages of grieving? Five stages of grieving. Denial is number one. Number two is anger. Number three is bargaining. Number four is depression. And number five is acceptance. All right. We've been talking about this. And you mentioned that you felt like Job was in the first stage. Yes. Can you explain to me how you get that from from what he says here yep. in Job 122 where it says throughout all this Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Well, if you read here in uh, verse 21, I believe. What does he say there? He says here, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will lead this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, if we read these verses at first, I mean, and we know from the background, Job had lost lost his children, he lost his servants, he lost his career, and he and he lost his livelihood, and he's and he's he's been through a lot already, and so Job says this, and you would think, well, Job is just super spiritual here. He he almost sounds like he's at the acceptance stage. That's what I'm looking at and seeing. Yeah. But when you go to chapter 2, and then you go to chapter 3 especially, in the other chapters, Job gets, receives an ulcer, stomach issues. He is angry at God, wishing he was never born. He cursed his mom. He is uh, definitely, I believe, when you look at this, is denying the reality of his suffering. Okay, so you're telling me yes. that when somebody is in grieving, mm-hmm. they may mask what they're feeling? Absolutely. There's some people that grieve that are stoic. And they don't even, they don't cry. They, they just act like all's good. Uh, some people, uh, you know, there's police officers come by and tell someone their, their child was killed. Uh, they try to attack the police officer. Uh, there's people that fall apart. There's people that just are stoic in nature. We all grieve differently. So you, right here, we got Job. He's going mm-hmm. through this. And it seems to me he's putting all of the right pieces in the puzzle in mm-hmm. the right way. We talked about grieving. Sometimes it mm-hmm. goes from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4 to 5. And other times it goes from 1 to 4 to 2 to 5 to back to 3. Absolutely. And it goes round and round. Mm-hmm. So really what you're saying is it's the individual Absolutely. And here we're dealing with Job as yeah. an individual, and Job is having uh, having a loss of everything in his life, mm-hmm. and his way of dealing with it is kind of pulling inside of himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from what you were saying. Now, the first stage is... Denial. And the yeah. second stage is... Anger. So if he was following a classic footprint, Mm -hmm. the next thing we would find out is that he would start to cry and moan about Mm -hmm. his situation, right? Yes. yes. Is that not in fact what happened? That's precisely what happens. You know, Job was a righteous guy. This wasn't some guy off the street. This was a guy who followed God, and he was pretty wealthy, successful. 
he had everything going on for him. And so, uh, yeah, uh, he, he is falling into the precise steps of grief. Well, you know, I see here, too, you know, Job's friends come to, to comfort him, which mm -hmm. is what we should do. We should. As friends, come and try to comfort him. And I, I also see there that they, they sat there quiet. Mm -hmm. and, and then Job began his, uh, his opening speech in chapter 3. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me just read a little bit of that. Please do. Uh, I'm starting in verse 3. May the day... I was born perish in the night they said a boy is conceived. If only that day had turned to darkness, may God above not care about it or light shine on it. May darkness and gloom reclaim it and the clouds settle over it. You know, wow. that sounds like he's starting to have anger. Anger and depression's here. As a matter of fact, the, the, and, you know, we're not in depression yet, but there's some anger here. And also depression, uh, both at the same time. Okay, as we had said about yeah. this, we're going to look at things in the Bible, mm -hmm. topics in the Bible, and then we're going to try to help people take mm -hmm. what they're experiencing in real life mm -hmm. and apply it through the Scripture to help others in their lives. What are some situations, what are some ways that you can comfort someone when they do start to spout off like he did? Unconditional love and acceptance. I mean, should I, like, when he starts talking about he wish he'd never been born and, you know, God would stricken that day from the calendar and, and all of this, uh, we're supposed to just sit back and idly sit by? and. I think affirming and validating what they're saying, uh, listening to them, and then you know, validating it and uh, maybe recapitulating or summarizing uh, that you heard what they said, uh, but also reminding them, uh, if they're believers, uh, the hope that's in, in Jesus, uh, that, you know, reminding them of characters in the Bible, such as Joseph in the Old Testament, who went through, he was, he was unjustly uh, sold to Egypt as a slave, and then he was uh, accused of something he didn't do, and uh, then he was thrown into a prison, and, you know, at the, at, at the end, he's the second most powerful person in Egypt. And his brothers come, and he's able to say, uh, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And I think that we can jump right into Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things, and that includes suffering, somehow, work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But Romans wasn't written then. It wasn't. <laughs> so it doesn't. It wasn't. I, here's the thing about yeah. this. You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and yeah. I understand. And we've gone through what stages of grief now? Denial and anger. And we're into? We're into bargaining. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's where I see this. Mm -hmm. All right. Eliphaz and all of his, his buddies who have come to comfort Job, mm -hmm. these are real spiritual guys. Oh, right? yeah. Theologians. Now, when they sit down and they start to, to well, see, you know, I, I kind of take their side on a lot of this because what they're saying is from their experience. See, they knew mm -hmm. that if you do A, God does B. Mm -hmm. And if you do C, God does D. And they saw Job say he did A and he got D. Mm -hmm. he, he got the bad when he did the good. And mm -hmm. that doesn't happen according to what they had observed. Now, 
they, I don't think that they were walking with God closely, and I don't think that they, uh, they believed Job. I think that they believed there was something in him. So they were trying to take what they uh, knew in common knowledge mm-hmm. uh, and apply it to every situation. And I think you're right. <clears throat> A lot of these guys, his friends, <clears throat> they were really, I believe they really sincerely were trying to help mm-hmm. Job. I don't think they met ill intent with it. But um, they almost sound like they're fresh out of Bible college. They've got <laughs> all this knowledge. And a lot of times they were not totally wrong. Uh, that, that's correct. Yeah. That, that's, that's where I see all yeah. of this. But now Job, you know, he continues to hold to his integrity, but he is holding to the same logic that they are. Mm-hmm. If I do God, God, good, God will reward me. Mm-hmm. If I do bad, God will punish me. And I have done good, and God has punished me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I need to explain to God what he doesn't know. Yeah, it, you know, and a lot of times if we're following God, he does bless us. But so, that's not always the case. So when someone is yeah. taken away from us early, or at least in our opinion, early, and we try to say, God, let me explain how important this person was to me, to my church, to my family, to all of us. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do essentially the same things here that they did by applying all of their head knowledge to to God when God is so much higher above us mm-hmm. and the plans that he has for us are far more reaching than we can even see. Mm-hmm. So Job has gone down to the, to the uh, where are we again? I, uh, chapter 3, no, well, I wish I was it. never born. His, 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 his stages of the grief. Oh, he is in... Um, he is in anger, and now we're going to bargaining. Oh, he's in anger and then bargaining. Because he was cursing the day he was born. He wished he was never born. He cursed his mother, the person who said that she had a boy. And, you know, he was angry but also depressed. And so you can see that there uh, in, uh, you know, it's in, in Job chapter 13, 20 through 21, you see bargaining with old Job. And as you're turning there in your Bible, it's interesting. It says that the ultimate example of grief and suffering is Jesus. Because in Isaiah 53, he was a man of sorrow, stricken with grief, uh, who didn't deserve what he gets. So we have a high priest that not only he's been there, done that, and he understands what we go through. Now, what verse did you say? 20? Uh, verse 20. Chapter 13, Chapter verse 20. 13, 20 through 21. Only grant these two things to me, God, so that I will not have to hide from your presence. Mm-hmm. Remove your hand from me and do not let your terror frighten me. Yeah. Only grant me these two things, God. Then, yeah. call and I will answer. Yeah. Or I will speak to you, uh, and speak and you can respond to me. What's he saying there, Dora? Ooh, I don't even think I want to repeat that. He's saying, God, you fix this, and then I'll talk to you. But until then, I ain't speaking to you. Is God patient with us? You know, <laughs> the more I think about God in terms of this, I, I think how our children reacted mm-hmm. when they would get mad at us. Um, when a child says... 
I'm going to hold my breath until you, mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, that never works unless no. your parents are quite spongy. Um, my parents <laughs> always let me just pass out, but yeah. that's, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I see here that, that he has gotten to the point where, God, you need to answer to me. Mm -hmm. You need to explain this to me. That's, that's pretty tough. And this is, a, this is a saved guy. This is a guy that knows God. Of course, he didn't have the revelation we have, uh, but he, he definitely knew God. And here he is, if you do this, I'll do that. And it's kind of, uh, this is the bargaining stage. You know, God is, he understands. Uh, he, he's listening to Job. He's probably, he's, you know, as a father, uh, as, a, as a, from a parental type of figure, sovereign figure. And uh, he's showing mercy to Job here. Now we see some some examples of people who who are going through this, and they're mm -hmm. they're spouting these kinds of things, and they're 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 ranting these. Uh, I'm going to say something, and then I want you to answer me from your doctor perspective. Okay. Um, would a wise man say these kinds of things like you're saying? To God? You're full of hot air. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying, yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying this from the standpoint of me trying to help my friend who's okay. saying this. And I say to him, hey, Johnny, you are spouting off a bunch mm -hmm. of hot air, and you just need to, to straighten it out. That's not something a wise man would say. Not to your friend. Now, here's what verse 15, yep. chapter 15, verse 2 says. Go ahead. Does a wise man answer answer with empty counsel or fill himself with the hot east wind? You know, his friends who were there to help him are now taunting him with this stuff, the same as that story we had told about the counsel that my friend received after she had lost mm -hmm. a child. Mm -hmm. This is the same kind of thing. Yes. How do we avoid being that guy? We're not trying to be Job's friends. We're trying to be more like Jesus. And we go back to... Uh, John chapter 11, how Jesus uh, supported Mary and Martha during the time of the loss of Lazarus. He listened. He, he supported them. He, no doubt, he gave them a hug. He was, he was there for them, and he helped them in the, in the need in a practical way. He didn't condemn them. He didn't say you were in sin. He didn't tell you uh, correct theology. Although some of that stuff's important sometimes, right? It is important to have good theology. But Jesus knew, because he's God, and he's our Savior, that what they needed was someone to listen and support them at that time. Okay, where are we in the process now with Job? Where, where is Job, he? He's bargaining. Yeah. So we, what's next? Is depression. There was the solitude that Job had when his friends were blabbing and talking to him. And uh, Job was silent for a couple of chapters, uh, chapter two. And we see there that Job, in chapter three, even though it's talking a lot about the anger aspect, it's also the depression aspect. Job was in a deep, dark, traumatic grief. Traumatic grief. But the last one's acceptance. And this is what we're looking for. Uh, you know, Job is fighting with God. He didn't curse God like Satan tried to get him to do. But he came close. He was pretty, uh, you know, he did have some things to say to God. Uh, he was listening to his friends, uh, accused him of wrongdoing when he had no wrongdoing. 
but all of a sudden, God jumps in. I think it's uh, chapter 38, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just you can read a few verses there, maybe uh, one through three, and it goes on for a, a while. God, God has his own little uh, discourse. Then Job, uh, then the Lord answered Job from a whirlwind. He said, "Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words?" Uh oh. <laughs> Get ready to answer me like a man. Double uh oh. When I question you, you will inform me. I think he crossed the line. Job. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He didn't curse God like Satan wanted. That's right. But. Yeah, I think you're right. Cause Next God's, question. Yeah. Where were you when I established the earth? That's a good question. Tell me if you have <laughs> understanding. Yeah. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Mm-hmm. Man, I can see the head swivel from that one. I, 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 here's the thing about it, though. We see people going through grief all the time. Mm-hmm. We need to jump in and help them. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing, what I'm seeing from this is, is that we don't try to fix their theology when they're hurting. No. The fixing their theology needs to come after the acceptance. Yes, and we introduce them to God. Which is right when God stepped in Mm -hmm. to fix Job's theology. See, all these other guys were trying to fix him back there before he had come to the point of acceptance. So you're telling me that this process of grieving that goes through that it's a process it's not a one minute I'm okay let me get this list out go down this list and I'm fixed by the afternoon I'm ready to go oh no grief can take normal grief talking depression you're talking you know uh, just feeling irritable feeling blue the blues all this stuff crying spells this stuff can last six months six to 12 months, and that's normal grief. But after that, we go into different types of grief that we can talk about next time, and we go to different types. There are different types of grief. Uh, there's some people that don't go through the normal grief process. They go through delayed grief, anticipatory grief, and other types of grief that are kind of a different animal, so to speak. All right, when I see a friend, yeah. and this is my final question for you. Okay. When I see a friend in this, where is the point that I need to step in and report this to someone that I think they're going to do harm to themselves? Right. We as therapists, and, and it should be with everyone, uh, when we someone feels that they're going to hurt themselves or someone else, uh, that's when you do that. Uh, you call 911, you get the right people there, connect them with the right people. Uh, that is key. As a matter of fact, suicide prevention hotline, 1-800-273-8255 and uh, Veteran Society Hotline uh, 800-273-8255 Domestic Violence Hotline 800-799-7233 I think those are uh, that's very important information to have, tools to have if you're feeling suicidal, homicidal you're having these very uh, dark thoughts, uh, that is time to make the right phone call, right right connections and you know get to the hospital uh, to get some help I think that'll help I yeah. think that'll help some friends of ours too amen everyone grieves and probably people we don't even realize are grieving 
thank you very much, and we'll see, see you next time on Two Men and a Bible. Thank you.